Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. This is the podcast daily and it is that time of week where Bill Landis has questions and Ryan Day, Jim Knowles and the Buckeyes have to answer. Or at least they will in a couple of hours or <laughs> maybe they won't. Who knows? It is it is the week of the game, Ohio State Michigan Saturday at noon. So probably not going to get a very chatty bunch of Buckeyes, but uh, I've provided my five questions, the top five questions. I probably could have done 500 for Ohio State. Those are at ohiostate.rivals.com. Uh, you can use code DTE30 if you want to hang out with us and join and read those. And if you don't, Bill's going to give you the podcast version and what's on his mind right now. You know what? Uh, just not a big game. I don't have any. Oh, okay. I think we can just end the show. All yeah, right. Yeah, Let's good. move on. Yeah. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, I, I like you could probably come up with a couple hundred questions uh, heading into this game. Um, I do not uh, in, anticipate that uh, searching for answers to those questions will be a fruitful endeavor <laughs> because because Ohio State will probably be pretty buttoned up this week. As as you said, I'm actually I'm kind of curious about just what the tenor of of the media availabilities later on Tuesday will be like because uh, it seems like Jim Harbaugh was. A little odd in, in his. I don't you know, don't like, say. You know, he, he was uh, he was pounding his chest pretty good after the game last year and decided to take a different tact uh, during his media availability on Monday. At at one point, referring to both teams as superheroes uh, who bring out the best in each other. I'm, I'm not so sure mm. uh, that that is the case. Um, I think someone has to play the villain in this scenario. I don't I don't know who, but they're certainly not on the same side. Uh, no, it's not a collaborative effort. Let's go out and produce the greatest version of the game ever, guys. Yay. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's, I don't. That's hey, not what this is. I I think I do know how that will would go, though, Bill. Like Ohio State will gladly play the villain here. And uh, mm-hmm. Desmond Howard helped create one. The, the persona. We haven't talked about that a lot this year. I thought that maybe CJ Stroud would play that up a lot more than he did. Uh, throughout spring, it was a conversation. I've talked to him about it a few times, the uh, origin story, uh, how villains were created, um, the disappointment that he felt, not just with what happened in the big house, but being slighted uh, by he felt, and a lot of people agreed, I think, at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So if somebody needs to play the villain, I tend to think that Ohio State has no problem with that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they do either. And I, I do find it a, b- a bit entertaining that Jim Harbaugh is now pretending like Michigan has not been talking trash every day mm. since since that game. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have been. That's what this is about. Like if you win that game, especially in the fashion that they did, you should talk trash. Right. Uh, but then when the time comes, don't don't pretend like you weren't. <laughs> like no. he said, third he said, base. Uh, What's know, that? I didn't, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then he said, I didn't call them finesse. No, but your former offensive coordinator did. <laughs> like the, you guys were basking in it, and it's totally okay. But just don't you know own it. Own it when the time comes. So. Uh, I don't. I don't think Ohio State will be giving uh, many sound bites this week. Uh, but I am interested in a few things. Um, number one, for like there, there are a lot of injury things on on both sides of this. But but for me, the most interesting one is uh, what Ohio State is going to do on the offensive line. With the assumption, I, I maybe we'll get more clarity on this. But I would assume that Matthew Jones is not going to be available to play. Um, that injury looked nasty. Seeing him on crutches and a walking boot after the game was not particularly encouraging. And we know he was hurt before that. So. Where does Ohio State turn? Does it turn to Enoch Vimahi, who has come in at every other turn when they've needed uh, someone to, to spell Matt Jones at guard? Or does Josh Fryer, who, when I asked last week, said that he doesn't do much guard work in practice and is strictly focused on tackle, uh, does he get a shot at that position? And and I don't know, for Ryan Day, probably what he likes about both those guys' strengths, weaknesses, 
um, who helps the offense more. I think there's a lot there because you can you know, you can value pass protection over over run blocking or vice versa. Um, I, I don't know if there's one clear cut answer there, but I do find it very interesting going into this game. Yeah, I think I wonder which <clears throat> path and you know Justin Fry will suggest because um, you when you asked Josh Fryer about it last week, he said he could play all five positions, and I believe that that's true. I don't think that you would want him to play center. I don't think that's been something Ohio State has remotely entertained for his future. The guard conversation opens up the can of worms of did it suit the running attack a year ago to have four tackles playing at the same time? And the answer was no, uh, it did not, mm-hmm. especially in this game. And I'm not saying that Josh Fryer is only a tackle. He's probably got more ability to go back and forth than maybe any of those guys a year ago. Uh, truly had. Now, when we've seen him come off the bench, we were watching, are they going to take the 41 off Josh Fryer that he uses for the Bison package last week when um, Matthew Jones went down? They did not. Uh, the training staff kind of asked, like, should we do this? Do we need to help? And they just put Enoch Vamahi in there, and he has handled himself well in all those opportunities. So um, that would be the debate. Is it because you just put Vamahi in there because – Fryer's in a jersey, and because he does practice exclusively at guard, and Josh Fryer does at tackle, if you have five days to let Fryer acclimate and get comfortable, or three practices, however you want to view it, um, a week to prepare to play guard, would that make him as the sixth man more likely to play? I, I honestly don't know the answer, and I, that's why I think you're asking the question. Like, there's a you could make a case maybe that either one would work. Uh, but which one do they actually think is best, I think will be pretty illuminating. Yeah, well, I, I asked Ryan Day about Josh Fryer last week because we thought maybe maybe he had cracked the rope in the play more or, or perhaps maybe Dewan Jones would not also play against Maryland. And, and Ryan Day said something. He said, um, he said like, we, we, we saw that Josh can play, and if, if something were to happen, at first he said he'd be the next guy in, and then he corrected himself and he said he'd be one of the first guys in. Which I think was his way of saying that, like maybe they wouldn't put him at guard. You do bring up a good point about about last year, and I, I asked a, a lot about it. And I know you asked a lot about it too, and, and I never felt like they would admit that that they didn't think that was a great setup with having the four tackles. But then there were several mentions, you know, this off past off season, and even probably in camp and earlier this year about playing guys like Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson at guard who are more traditional guard builds and what that might do for the offense. And, and I think that that was probably on, on some level an admission that they weren't thrilled with the results last year of playing four tackles. And and Josh Fryer, I would say, does have a little more of a, of a tackle build. He's like 6'6", I think, pushing 6'7". He's a pretty long guy, whereas Enoch Imahi is, is a little – he's like 6'4", maybe, um, and just built a little more kind of low to the ground um, through the lower half, more powerful probably. Than, than Josh Fryer is. So if, if that's the rationale there, I think I think that matters and it's important. Um, but you also have to ask yourself, like like you said, like, you know, who who is just the sixth guy? Like who's who's the next best player? And if you think that guy can play guard, which they probably do think is Josh Fryer, if you think that guy can play guard, then then do you put him in there, even if you do have some concerns about the physical profile. Um I don't know. I, maybe it'll be dependent on how they feel like they want to attack Michigan. If they feel like they have an advantage throwing the ball, maybe you, you start with the guy who's a better pass protector, and I would assume that's Josh. Mm-hmm. But if you see an opening here to, to really pound it and, and run the football at Michigan, then maybe you go with Enoch. Yeah, it it's not the week that you want to be dealing with that sort of thing. And I tried um, in my story on Monday not to just make it solely about the injuries, but um, that 
that's front of mind. It's a huge deal because they haven't, you know, at least at running back, like which I think we're probably going to talk about next, is mm-hmm. like they know what the other options are and they've got experience to draw from. And even and even that happened in the second half uh, against Maryland, where they, you know, they know what Dallin Hayden can do. That's not a mystery, and they know uh, what they don't know about Travion Henderson and and what he was going to be able to do on that foot. So that's not necessarily the case. Both Josh, Josh Fryer has a start, and Yannick Vamahi has come off the bench in several games, but you know they weren't preparing for the game with this in mind, and it just it's popped up on them at one of the last moments. Now the good news is that they got through that game and they won, and both of those guys do have experience, but you don't want to have to be shuffling your offensive line going into a game where a year ago that was a key part of the reason that Ohio State didn't win. Yeah, and I, I guess maybe one last point on this before we move on to something else. Uh, and I've had conversations with this in the past about this in the past. Like when it comes to the quarterback position, I think the answer to the question of who do you put in in the game when something goes wrong, and who do you put in when you know you have a week to prepare, sometimes that can be a different person. Yeah. Um, and and I think Ohio State might very well be looking at at a scenario like that uh, this week with those two offensive linemen who are both and what we've seen have both played very well this year. Josh Fryer on a, on a somewhat larger sample size, but. Um, I, I don't think I'd question the decision either way because I think they both showed reasons to, to play them. I'm just sort of interested in, in which direction they, they decide they want to go. Yep. Okay. That's one. Running back. <laughs> yeah. So I am under the impression that they are going to, at the very least, pretend like everyone is going to be available at running back this week. Um, probably when they talk to us, probably on the availability report when we get it later this week, but before the game, right? Uh, which in a game like this, I think is, you know, all, all is fair. I suppose uh, we are going into a game like this. Um, but I, I thought it was borderline coaching malpractice to play Travion Henderson against Maryland um, for him, because he clearly wasn't healthy enough to do it. And for the offense, because they just weren't good when he was out there. And I'm not pinning the struggles on him. There were other things going on in that first half as well, but when you can't run the ball, things are really difficult. And I'm just not so sure he was physically able to run the ball the way that they needed him to in that game. And I'm a little fearful, as I said, after the game that they might try to do it again. Maybe not so much with an injured Travion, but with a injured Mayan Williams, even if he decides to tough it out and give it a go, which I give him all the credit in the world for trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just not so sure that puts them in the best position when Dallin Hayden has done what he's done every time he's been put into a big spot. Yeah, so I was... I was asked about this on Sunday. I I called it coaching malpractice and snap judgments with what happened with Travion Anderson. And like, well, you better have some facts to back that up. And I said, well, I didn't call it medical malpractice. The trainers <laughs> the trainers did not make Travion Henderson go back out there. Tony Alford didn't pull a gun out and say, go run the football. Travion wanted to do it. My point was that they needed to use their eyes and see what virtually everybody else could do, which was that Travion Henderson was limping between plays, limping on the sideline, grimacing in pain. And the running game was clearly not as effective. Um, they let him go for the whole first half. And then you saw immediately the difference when Dallin Hayden came out, not saying to your point that you brought up as well, that other things didn't improve that the blocking or the play calling and the execution and all those other things that, that that didn't also put Dallin Hayden in better positions than maybe Travion Henderson was. But we've seen this previously where I just don't believe that even at full strength this year, which he hasn't really been in two months, but you know, 
Mayan was clearly the better fit for this offense. And whether that's mm-hmm. the whether that's the ability to see cutback lanes, vision, better feel for zone runs, you know, I don't know, maybe a combination of a lot of things, maybe none of it, maybe just circumstances. It's really that's not my point. I just think that there is this is not a week to take chances on um or or experiment or feel feel it out early on. You don't want to let Michigan get any sort of confidence in the first quarter. If they get a three and out because Mayan plays the first drive and the ankle is limiting him, well, guess what? That's a lot more momentum momentum for Michigan that they feel like this isn't going to be any different. You're not going to run on us. Uh, here we go. The same thing. Like you have to put your best foot forward. Um, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> and if that's if that's a healthy Dallin Hayden, so be it. The guy, the guys rushed for what you know, 280 yards in the last two games, and they were both in like yeah. only playing in the second half of them, he can do it. I know that you might be nervous about, you know, ball security in practice or trusting a true freshman in a setting like this. The guy's got enough carries. He's got enough yards. He's got touchdowns. That game was tight. Those were Maryland starters on the field. I think he's earned the opportunity. I think he has as well, and I and I think I, I felt listening to Ryan Day talk about Dallin Hayden after the Maryland game the, the tone seemed a little different. Like I think previously he had talked about that ball security a lot and he mentioned it after the game as well, but, but he kind of, kind of mentioned it differently, like just sort of like gave him kudos for doing it, but then seemed genuinely pleased. And, and frankly, maybe even a little surprised with just how effective Dallin was in a really important spot in that game. So, so I think in their eyes, he's probably earned a little something more too. I'm with you. Like I, I don't, I don't have a problem at all whatsoever with Travion or Mayan trying to play. Um, no, and I think, and 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 to the like the malpractice point, I don't think either of us are saying like like you said it's not medical malpractice. Like we don't think there Travion Henderson is out there with an injury that can get worse if he plays. It's just like it just seems like it's limiting him a lot, and that doesn't seem like a great thing for the offense. Right. Um. And you need to start fast. I think you absolutely need to start fast in this game. Uh, Michigan is like has been a pretty good kind of adjustment team. Ohio State has as well, but I, I don't think you want to have the game in a position if you if you can help it to where those adjustments matter. If you can jump on, jump on Michigan early and Ohio state has shown itself at times to be a very good first quarter team. They're the number one scoring offense in the country in the first quarter. And I think you want to try to be that against Michigan in this game. And I'm not sure you can do it if you're not playing the guy who appears to help you the most at running back right now. Yeah. Um, I revealed our conversation in the press box on Saturday yeah. during, during uh, our show, the live show at roosters in the horseshoe lounge. Um, are you mad at me for that, or do you do you feel like no, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine because that's not of all the crazy things I've said. That's far from the craziest, <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I was not declaring. Yeah, <laughs> that Dallin you're Aiden wondering going to go full. Yeah, yeah, he, I was. He's not. I'm not saying for sure that he's going to go full <laughs> Bianca Batuka mode on on Michigan on Saturday. Um, but I, I don't know. I won't be surprised if he has a, a day that people start invoking that name. Because like you, Michigan's defense is much, 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 much better than Indiana's and Maryland's. I'm not trying to say it's it's the same thing, mm-hmm. but like I don't know. We saw Trey Sermon go nuts at the end of the 2020 season when all he did was start cutting back that outside zone run, and he did it for like a million yards in three right. games right. Um, or two games, whatever it was. Um, I think Dallin Hayden has the ability to do the same, and 
now they have to give him that opportunity, I suppose, and, and feed him with the carries and let him be the lead back. And, and I'm not sure if they want to do that, but I think they should be willing to. And, and I think he can be productive. Um, maybe in the end, it, like this game is all about what CJ is able to do and, and the receivers in the passing game. That, that's probably more likely than it is Dallin Hayden carrying Ohio State to victory in, in the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's not him carrying it or, or, or spearheading the offensive attack, I still think he can be incredibly productive based on what I've seen with his ability to operate in what Ohio State would prefer to be its base run play and and sort of the staple of its rushing attack yeah okay that's good what else is on your mind anything defensively yeah cornerback like uh spinning the cornerback roulette wheel i guess i don't don't know how you want to refer to it but um they they seem to have a bit of an issue there i think cameron brown has been very good the last two weeks like playing his best football which is great to see but they've they've never really been able to get to i feel like they can they can believe in and I don't know. I think Michigan can test that. Maryland's receivers are very good. The the best Ohio State's seen and maybe the best they'll see all year, depending on how things play out from here. Um, but but Michigan's got, got capable guys, and I'm sure they see vulnerabilities in Ohio State's passing defense. And it's just um, – I don't know. It feels a little unfortunate for them at the moment that, like, Cameron Brown seems to be, like, rounding in the form and on the field and healthy and being productive, and that other spot is, is still a pretty big question mark when you're rolling through. What do they – they put three different guys out there. Yep. against Maryland, right? And 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 neither one of them or none of them really seem to, to be all that effective. So uh, I don't know. That feels like an issue to me. I don't know if it does to you. I Well, I didn't expect them to be going on a fishing expedition on Saturday, which is really what it felt like. Uh, mm-hmm. They know what they have in a healthy Cameron Brown. And, uh, you know, people who watch the podcast regularly already know how I feel. But, you know, I feel like I think that you and Burn both agree that Ohio State's ceiling – uh, defensively is only going to be reached if he is out there. Um, so we can set that aside. Ohio State was really searching because Jordan Hancock has looked a bit lost. Um, now he's getting more snaps and the opportunity to, you know, be exposed a little bit and go through growing pains as a freshman. That's very, or not a freshman, but really first time being on the field for Ohio State defensively. I've seen Jeff Okuda go through that. I've seen, you know, uh, lots of Ohio State corners who wound up being first round draft picks go through that where like you have to learn by doing it. So maybe Saturday will help Jordan Hancock. It was also true the week before. Um, you know, there was a deep shot against Indiana where he tried to jump an out route and they threw the post. Um I I asked several people to get some clarification on that. Like what was the what was the issue? What was how did this happen? And it wasn't him solely. I believe Ronnie Hickman was also out of position uh to help cover mm-hmm. that on top. But the point I'm getting lost here on what I'm saying, which is they they tried that. They tried Denzel Burke. Uh, he wasn't wrapping up tackles, and that became a problem uh, with what they were asking him to do. They tried Jair Brown. I think they felt like they got some decent work there that he was willing to go play physically and confidently, uh, but you're opening up the same risk in coverage. Um, I don't think that was something that they wanted to experiment with. They didn't really try J.K. Johnson because we've seen a lot of that, and uh, things have uh, you know, regressed a bit as the season went on for him. So that's not a positive. Now, it helps that the pass rush is at the highest level that it's been in years for Ohio State. That's going to lessen some of the importance. But if they don't finish in the backfield and J.J. McCarthy runs around a little bit, does that? how will they continue to play in the secondary? Can they stick with guys? Can somebody other than Cameron Brown elevate their coverage, their man-to-man coverage enough to – you know, give Michigan problems. The, the, we're going to find out. 
and someone's going to have to do yeah. it. You know, someone's going to have to have a good week of practice opposite Cam Brown because you don't just get to throw up your hands and say, ah, we're going to try three different corners opposite him against Michigan. That's I don't believe that will work. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you want to be kind of that uncertain with your rotation, like searching as as you said, um, in a game like this. And it's about coverage for sure. It's about making sure you stay locked in on those plays where JJ McCarthy is extending stuff because I do think that'll happen. But it's also physicality, like in the run game, yes, but also some of these plays where Maryland did it, get guys out in space quickly. That from watching Michigan, like that is what they want to do. I don't. JJ McCarthy's pretty good in throwing the ball down the field on play action pass, but like I don't think they want to, him to sit there in the pocket and throw the ball 15 to 20 yards downfield the way we see CJ Shroud do sometimes. They want to design quick, easy throws and hope that you miss tackles. Right. Um, and that's been um, inconsistent, I think, for Ohio State this year, especially in the secondary and probably more, more especially at the cornerback position. Um, Cameron Brown made a really nice play against Maryland. I think, I think he's sort of game for that stuff. Um, Jair Brown and Jordan Hancock, I think, have a time shown themselves to be. Uh, Denzel Burke, perhaps not so much, but I think maybe that could be a deciding factor in, in who gets to bend those those reps opposite Cam. There was one one perimeter screen where Cameron Brown overpursued and tried to get to the outside and make a tackle for loss. And, you know, you certainly took note of that in the moment. And we talked about it there. And this wasn't just because of. Uh, how much I like Cameron Brown as a person, but like I still didn't think it was that he missed the tackle and Maryland got some yardage out of it. But like, he's the only one I, who I've has, I have felt like has been willing to aggressively attack those plays. And he took it too far on that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that instance, but he made it because of that, he made a key play and a key tackle on one later in the game. Cause he's not afraid to do that. And, and that's not maybe fair to use that word for Denzel Burke, but He's made a lot of business decisions when he comes to those hits and including on the blitz. Like you got a quarterback lined up. There's nothing to be worried about. Go ahead, hit him as hard as you want and pulling off yeah. and not using your arms. Look that you're not going to win the most physical game of the year with that approach. And you can't do it that way. And that's, I don't, that's why I think he wasn't on the field for a lot of those plays or why he came off for stretches because Michigan is going to throw some stuff out to the perimeter and they're going to they're going to throw screen games. And they're going to force Ohio State's cornerbacks to tackle. Um, Jim Knowles is going to put them in positions where they're going to have to aggressively pursue J.J. McCarthy because he's going to dial up blitzes and he's not going to be scared to do that. You have to handle your responsibility. And I know that at corner, we always talk first and foremost about coverage ability and breakups and interceptions. And look, this is a game where they just have to tackle. And Jordan Hancock mm-hmm. or Denzel Burke are gonna have to do that. Yeah, and like that that play that we're mentioning, I mean, it ended up being a sack anyway. I think Jack Sawyer cleaned it up, but like, I don't, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. But you know, it's football. You get a free shot on the quarterback like that, you have to take it. Yeah, <laughs> especially in a game like, that. and it's not so much like you have to go hurt the quarterback. It's like you want him thinking about that, right. especially a, a player like JJ McCarthy, who's still very young, has never played in a game like this. I mean, I think maybe he got some snaps last year, but like he has not been the starting quarterback in an Ohio State Michigan game. Um, he'll probably be feeling a little nervous to start the game, I would imagine. Yeah. So if you get an opportunity to hit him and hit him hard early in the game, I think that could change the the tone of things. 
uh, very early on for Ohio State's defense. And if it's a cornerback who gets put in that position, they have to deliver. And there's been a few times this year where, where maybe, and it's not just Denzel Burke. I think the position in general has probably not delivered in those positions as much as, as they probably could have. So um, that is of utmost importance this week for sure. All right. Those are great questions. This has been uh, another wonderful Tuesday. Getting ready to go into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Uh, we will have a handful of players available. This will be the only day of it this week, uh, thanks to Thanksgiving and some of the tightening, buttoning up uh, that happens <laughs> for the rivalry week for, for Ohio State. Don't know if Time for War is playing in there or not, but we'll confirm that. We'll have uh, the press conference stream live on the podcast YouTube channel. We will have snap judgments afterwards, and we will give any updates that we can procure out of these questions uh, that Bill has and that I wrote about on ohiostate.rivals.com. Saturday at noon, not much more that has to be said about it. That's Bill. I'm Austin. We will see you again later uh, from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center.